What's up, what's up, what's up, podcast world? Back at you, Chad Belding. This life ain't for everybody. So excited about this episode. Today's episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast is brought to you by our friends again out of the state of Tennessee, Lynchburg, that is. Jack Daniels, enjoy it responsibly first and foremost. There's nothing more American than Jack Daniels. The legacy, the culture, everything that they practice, everything that they've built, the tradition, the heritage, and like I said, the culture in Lynchburg, Tennessee. If you've never heard of Barbecue Hill, look it up, check it out. I love Jack Daniels, but again, it's one of those things in life that everything in moderation, stay safe, enjoy it you know, with your friends, but make sure that you do it responsibly and don't let anybody underage drink. But when it does come to having a good night, get you through a breakup, get you through a sad country song, lean to Jack Daniels and have fun with it. I don't even know if my guest today, I don't even know if she drinks at all or if she's ever tasted Jack Daniels. I don't know. She lives the the Nashville lifestyle. She's from Arkansas. She likes honky-tonk. She likes to dance. She can sing her ass off. She can write an unbelievable country pop, whatever kind of genre you want to put her in. She's amazing. She plays piano. She dances. She um, She's trained in classical voice. I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if she knows how to cook. I've eaten pizza with her. I've been to Losers in Midtown with her. My guest today is a friend of mine who is an absolute badass. When you hear her voice, she'll know what I mean, but I did play some songs for a lot of my friends over the last three years and they're hooked on her and we're just waiting for her to come out west and tour or drop an album charlotte lee how are you i'm so good how are you good you're you're smiling but you kind of look um now did you have a long night last night writing songs did you stay up late because i assume you're quarantined right or did you go to bed early i am quarantined um i did go to bed early last night actually you I got in bed at like 8:45. <laughs> have you have did you ever fall into the 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 Nashville lifestyle of the 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 bar hop and late nights? You know, a lot of artists do. They they go out and they Do you even drink? Do you party at all? No, I don't party, but I do drink. You do? What do you drink? Yeah. Wine, margaritas, um, vodka, beer, whiskey. I drink it all. I don't <laughs> now, really party though. But would you party if the moment called for it? Like, is there an instance that you would go out and hang with girlfriends and party all night? Or do you go out on the lake in Arkansas and get on a pontoon boat and, uh, and do your thing out there? I do love to go out on the boat and have a good time during the summer. And yeah, I guess it just depends on your, your uh, definition of party. <laughs> well, I mean, I got I a pretty love to have a good time. Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, I a lot of people you say that to in Vegas, they're like, "Do you mean party party or just party?" And I'm like, "I don't party party." So if that's no. what you mean, I'm out on that whole deal. But yeah. how's life? I mean, I know it's crazy. It's the same conversation no matter who you talk to. We are all going batshit crazy. We're locked up, but I found a lot of serenity in it, a lot of peace, a lot. I mean, I'm lonely. Don't get me wrong, but I've learned a real uh, learned patience again. I'm learning patience daily again in my 40s and I'm learning not to take things for granted like just a simple yeah. visit to the store or the sushi bar like it's crazy what we get to enjoy in this country and when it was the rug was taken out from under us I'm like man we are so blessed to have these lives yeah man it's I don't know, it's kind of crazy even this morning I was thinking I was like dang we're going on day like I think 36 or something here which is like mind blowing because it has felt really long but it also has felt not that long. Um, yeah, I, it's so funny. I'm one of those people where my friends laugh. It's like, 
it's like a good 50% chance you can get me out of the house to go do things other than go to happy hour and go to dinner. Um, and I'm like, wow, I really regret saying no so many times because now crazy? I'm like, I would do anything. I was telling one of my friends the other day, I was like, I would do anything to walk to a restaurant and sit down and watch a live sport and drink a beer. I know. Isn't that I would crazy? Do anything. So, but it's been really good. Actually. I, totally agree on the, on the peace thing and, um, just being able to find gratitude in the little things again. And, um, yeah, it's been really great. I love that. I think that there's a lot of good and there's a lot of good that's going to come from, um, how the world's slowed down. I agree a hundred percent. I honestly think it's going to make personally, I think it's making me a better father, a better businessman, a better voice a better conversationalist i i mean i i think that you know on that level and then i think on a community level i just see a whole bunch of support coming out of this and more understanding and more celebration of the little things in life and 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 maybe not afraid to take our foot off the gas once in a while because we're proving to ourselves that hey it's going to be okay yeah. Um, we're going to celebrate a little bit more, but we're going to do it in, you know, a little bit more mature ways of washing our hands more, maybe personal hygiene, maybe not going to work sick, maybe, you know, respecting people's personal space a little bit more. So, I, I mean, I, I, I've heard people say you're wrong building that things don't happen for a reason. I believe they do. And, and I think that people come into each other's lives for a reason. I think things like the pandemic happened for a reason. And I know it affects a bunch of different people in a bunch of different ways. And I think that you, for example, might get a song out of it, or you might have more time to, to, um, you know, focus on the business part of music, which is a big part of the music industry. So there's just a ton of things that can help you, your family's in business. They own their own business. Everybody has the potential and the possibility of being effective in a negative, pessimistic way with this. But if you choose to stay positive and optimistic and know that, that there is light at the end of the tunnel, then man, I'm, I, I, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of negative to say, except for the folks that are passing away, the sick people. I hate that. And I don't like to see the economy and the revenue streams of America affected, but I see a lot. I, I've, I've had a lot of benefit come out of it personally. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I totally agree. I think too, that um, it's, it's funny. The, uh, I guess it was two weeks ago. So yeah, the week before Easter, we were watching a church on live stream, my church that I go to here in Nashville. And our pastor was like, you know, sometimes God is yelling at you to slow down and he knows you won't do it yourself. So he, he just does it for you. Um, and I'm like, that's true in a lot of ways right now. And in, in terms of life and being able to slow down and, um, you know, I, I, I unfortunately pride myself in busyness and, um, although it's good to work hard and have a hard work ethic, it's also not good to find your worth and productivity and, um, you know, getting things done. And so this is just kind of brought me back to the, I guess, essence of like every minute really is so special and just finding the heart for what you do in terms of, you know, for me as like a songwriter, I posted on my Instagram. Oh, I guess it was like, couple weeks ago, I don't know all the days running together at this point. I don't know any of the days, but I was talking about how, you know, this really is kind of a songwriter's dream in a sense of, um, you know, in the mornings I get to wake up and I get to take my dog outside and sit there in my PJs and my co- drink my coffee. And, you know, it's not very often that 
my mind isn't thinking, okay, well, I've got to be here at two o'clock today. So what do I have to get done by noon? And then what do I need to get done within this 30 minutes that I have? And so, you know, that aspect of, you know, my thought process has kind of obviously slowed down. And I was sitting there and I was just like, man, I didn't realize like how loud these birds are that literally are outside my front window every single morning. And so it's just like being able to like notice those things. I know it's kind of cheesy, but I mean, and more things have come and I've been able to write tons and tons of music actually in the last 30 days, which has been amazing. But yeah, I I went on a rant. (laughs) No, I don't think it's a rant. And I don't think that it's cheesy at all. I think that there's the finding I mean, Frick Bob Marley wrote a song about three little birds and made a huge international, like triumphant ballad, not really a ballad, but more of a, just a, a, a song that you listen to. And I don't know if it's cheesy, but I think birds are telling us a lot. I think that wildlife and mother nature tell you a lot about, you know, what's going on as far as maybe you do need to slow down and listen to what the birds are saying once in a while. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm trying. I'm just trying every day to to obviously I'm, I'm focused on business, but there's a, there's a lot that I have to find besides the, the revenue part of it or the pride part of it. Like there's a lot of lonely times right now for a lot of people and it's up to you what you let your mind do. So I'm trying to, I'm just trying to, you know, be an influence on people as far as my daughter, my, you know, different people around my area of like, Hey, follow our leadership, stay home, do what they say, and just keep building on yourself and and figure out what your worth really is. And when you say it's hard to find your worth or you shouldn't in productivity, I think that there's a balance. I think that spiritually and religion and all of that stuff is a balance of the professionalism and the money and life and, and, and relationships and love and lust and friendships. And all of that is like, you have to, you have to, you're going to get on a whirlwind where you're going to be very structured, but there's going to be times where you're going to be, I should say that again, you're going to be very structured, but there are going to be times that this whirlwind will take over and you're just like going, 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 going. And that's okay too. But I think that this is showing me that it is truly okay. If you don't get that deal signed today, pump the brakes, quit being so eager, quit being so persistent all of the freaking time and just let things happen. And I think that that's what the biggest lesson I'm learning right now is that things can happen if they're meant to be. So just let it be, you know, just kind of, they work themselves out. And, you know, there's a difference between, it's a whole another conversation, but there's a difference between being lazy and thinking that everybody else is going to do it for you. You know, you can't fully surrender to like, oh, it's going to happen, aka I can sit here and do nothing and I'll just wait for it to come to me. No, like there's a balance of like, you know, I find, you know, this is my purpose. This is my calling in this life. This is what I've been, you know, born and destined to do. And I will do my part and I'll do my work. And I know that you know, the good things and the things that are meant for me will come to me because of that. Yeah, I, I think so too. I'm, I'm with you on it. And I think that what I was just trying to say is that I try to find a balance because I'm very spiritual. Yeah. But lately, lately, I've been talking to you. You brought up religion today. I had a uh, podcast with Leith Lofton last Friday, last Friday. And it was going to be to you know, to help, help get the word out there on his new album. And we didn't, we only talked about his new album for less than a minute. 
yeah. at the very end and he sang one song, you know, called Don't Let the World Win. But he, we went down a rabbit hole of spiritual, um, spirituality and religion and the good Lord and what it means to him and how I got really bitter at God and with my dad died. And I don't know if I've recovered from it. It's, you know, it's been, it's been 14 years and I still don't know if I've recovered from it. And so anyway, that it's opened up a lot of, a lot of, um, thinking or a, a lot of ability for me to really like think like, you know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be this bitter this much longer. And Lisa's been bringing up a lot of points and I don't know. My point in telling you that is that I don't know without this pandemic, if, the, if my eyes would have been open to something like that, because I mean, Leith and I probably wouldn't have slowed down long enough for me to even get to the point to where I was going to listen to, listen to, you know, what he had to say about that. So yeah, so, yeah no, I mean, that's, you know, you think about it too. It's like, you know, things back to what you said about things being, you know, everything having for a reason and things are meant to be. It's like, I mean, there are things where I've like had to slow down in this season. You know, for me spiritually, God's just like, this is the lesson I've been trying to teach you for a few months. Now you can really focus on what I'm trying to teach you and where I'm trying to grow you in this season. And, um, it's crazy. Like I, I, I wouldn't say I'm like a religious person because I don't believe that like religion saves you. And I don't believe that, you know, checking off the boxes and doing this or doing that. God's not going to love you anymore. And he's not going to love you any less if you do those things. Um, but I'm very spiritual and I see him as, you know, a relationship in my life and the most important one. And anyway, I'm one of those people that where I could sit down and I like could rabbit hole on one thing for like the entire day <laughs> and then look up and it's like my whole entire day is gone. And I'm like, wait, did I just do that all day? So it's been kind of fun because in the mornings I always like spend time reading the Bible and praying and um, spending time with the Lord. And then it's just, it is kind of crazy. Like normally I do that and I'm like, okay, eight o'clock it is time for me to start my day. And so it is weird. You know, I've, I've been working from home since full time since January. So I kind of entered into this season a little bit earlier. Um, granted I could still go out and go to the grocery store and <laughs> go right. eat and get a coffee, <laughs> but it's just been really cool to see that the peace in that of like being still. Yeah, I agree. And when you say that you can go down a rabbit hole all day, are you the same way in your TV watching? Do you watch TV? I, I'm trying to, I, I, I know you, I know the Charlotte that is driven as heck as the songwriter. Um, and I understand the Charlotte that I see on social media, but I also want to know, like, are you normal to where do you put on a good movie and watch it? Do you binge watch Netflix? Do you, do you work out? Do you order pizza on a Friday night? Or are you eating yeah. kale? Every, are you eating kale every meal with, yeah. with, with what do you, what do you, okay, let's just start here. What is a perfect meal for Charlotte Lee? Oh gosh. And I don't want this to turn into an interview. I just want to get a little background information. No, because I, I love I, it. I, I, I love kinda, answering I, all these kind of questions. I just, I kind of <laughs> want to see like what, what your mind is doing because you have a really special <laughs> talent to write songs and to bring people in to a three to four minute story and to make them think about their life or make them relive a memory or touching yeah. them in some way. So songwriting is a is a crown jewel in my opinion. Like it is a very, very difficult science and a very, and people like Brent Cobble say, Oh old buddy, you could write a song. Anybody could write a song. And I look at him and I want to grab him by his long hair and shake him and just yeah. be like, you, don't say that. That's not true because I yeah. write them and then I throw them away because they suck. And I know it, but there's gotta be a bunch of things that, that you do that are normal, right? You do eat pizza, right? I do. I, I love do? pizza. 
Oh, so yeah. is that isn't pizza the perfect meal or because for me sushi is or fuss or fuss soup i love vietnamese soup i honestly i am like mexican till the day i die really? like i could literally eat mexican food every meal chips i have a chip problem like i i've i figured out really 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 quickly that i can't buy them that often because then i eat the whole thing to myself in like three days and it's just Problem. Like the big bag, like the big, the big family bag. bag. Yeah, yeah. And, and tortilla chips and salsa have ruined many of what could have been really good Mexican meals huh? for my group of people because you yeah. get a pit, you get a picture of margarita or a, or a, or a, or a high end margarita, what are they top shelf margarita? Yeah. And you sit there and you start talking and then you look down and the dude, the Mexican waiters bringing four more buckets of chips and salsa. And then you look at the menu and you're like, I think I overdid it already. Right. It's really all of my food in chips. See, yes, that's my problem. And my issue with chips is I mindlessly eat them. So like, I only like, I want them when I'm like scrolling on my phone, like waiting for dinner to cook. And I'm just literally like eating chips or I sit down on the couch and I'm watching a show and I'm like, frick, I just didn't have that. Why? What, what kind, what kind, first of all. Okay. My all time favorite. Oh, I don't know. I can't say that. No, I can't say all time favorite. Okay. My current favorite are the blue corn tortilla chips from Trader Joe's. Don't get oh, me started so on Trader good. Joe's. It's so my good. favorite thing in the entire world. I, I literally, I'm not kidding. I was three weeks into this quarantine and I was like, I'm having serious separation anxiety. And my friend was like, from what? And I was like, Trader Joe's. <laughs> I don't miss well, anything. They don't deliver? I don't miss a single person. I just miss Trader Joe's. Well, because they're, they're, I mean, they are a little bit more on the, the expensive side, but it is so worth it. Their food is so I don't so know. Boring. It's actually, I mean, their produce is really really reasonable their pantry stuff's really reasonable i think it's pretty cheap but do you well i just don't make your money though. that's the difference here. Kroger. kroger is expensive whole foods expensive yeah i guess yeah. trader joe's is all right but so blue okay so let give me something that's not trader joe's what chip do you go for a lay's barbecue are you doritos are you a cool ranch girl oh gosh are you a triscuit no. are you triscuit crackers with some deer salami and a good piece of cheese on there honestly if i'm not eating chips and salsa i'm eating a cheese board Chartuterie board. Yeah, yeah, I like that. For sure. I like that. I like, especially in quarantine too. It's been fun. I like, we'll make them when I have friends over for dinners or whatever we were doing, hanging out happy hour or whatever. But I've been making a lot of them during quarantine because I just have like time to experiment with them. And yeah, I made one for the fam on Easter and it had like these dark chocolate caramels. And then I made this honey whipped goat cheese I, I was. Damn, look at you all freaking domesticated. I want one of those. I want to try the honey milk, the honey, the honey what goat cheese? Honey whipped. Honey whipped goat cheese. And I got the recipe from a, a girl who actually runs a cheese board company here in Nashville. She's and it's legit. It's legit. Yeah, her husband. Her husband plays for um, Dustin Lynch guitar. He's a writer too. Have but you ever met? Have you ever met Jesse James Decker? I have not met her. No. Is she, is she an influence to you at all? Because it seems to me like her popularity has grown in the Nashville area. I know she's a musician, but she yeah. is doing the, she's got the, the, the clothing store. She's yeah. got a cookbook. Kendish um, is awesome. Her chocolate chip cookies are incredible. <laughs> I met, I met her last year in Los Angeles. She was, she opened for Zach Brown down there and, and, um, and she was cool. She's cool as heck, man. Yeah, that's awesome. She's, she's way cool. Have you talked to Zach lately? No, I haven't. Mm -mm. You haven't? No. We'll talk about that later. Um, okay, Netflix. I'm really into this Netflix phenomenon that's going on in America uh, and around the world, for that matter, of binge watching. And I didn't think anything of it when I'd see like Netflix and chill. But now I, 
I, I have Netflix and I still, I'm still, you know, really geared towards other content as far as like outdoor TV. I still love that. I love right. A and I love A and E. I love the show. The first 48, the first 48 hours of a murder investigation, uh, of a homicide investigation. I like, I'm way into that show. Yeah. Way into it. Um, I'm really into but, crime. <laughs> yeah. Do you watch first 48? No, I haven't. Oh my I, gosh, Charlotte, you got to watch it. Like right now, right now they're heavy on Tulsa. Like you would think of Tulsa as like this little cowboy town, just, just not very far from where you grew up. Like it's just, you yeah, know, right into Oklahoma yeah. from Arkansas, from Fort Smith. And it's like becoming the murder capital of the world, dude, girl. It's like, it's like little cowboy town. Tulsa is nonstop murders and homicides. And it's, they're on there every week where it used to be Memphis and new Orleans and Atlanta. And now it's freaking Tulsa, Oklahoma Tulsa every week. And oh, I'm like, it really, we're back in Tulsa. Really? That we're back. It's always the same dude. So anyway, the, on this, on this Netflix deal, do you have a favorite right now? Are you, are you Netflixing? Yeah. I mean, I'm always, so I'm definitely a TV show person over a movie person. I am like trying to get into movies and I go in spurts and honestly, normally it's around the Oscars whenever I watch a bunch of movies because I do love watching Oscar movies and just figuring out like why they got nominated. And I think like, I think all the like behind the scenes stuff of the Oscars is really cool. Like the production techniques and like all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm definitely a TV person. I just finished Tiger King a few weeks ago. And then I also finished uh, The Pharmacist. That was intense. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. First of all, The Tiger King, I know that it's been like Joe, Joe's entire goal in life was one thing. <laughs> he uh, wanted to be famous. And now yeah. that he's now that he's in federal penitentiary, he's like the most famous dude in America to wear. I have a theory, though. Well, Wait, I, well, I want to hear it. Okay. So what you and I are talking, you and I are talking about it right now. David Spade it, on his show. I don't know if you watch his show or follow him. He's hilarious, but J Donald Trump Jr., the president of the United States, like we are seeing like this Joe exotic phenomenon just, you know, come, and I, and I want to know your theory. Cause I, I've been thinking about it a lot too of, cause it first started my fascination with, with that, with the um, Netflix documentary, making a murderer. And when oh, I watched yeah. when I, that one and that whole deal, it happened in Michigan and then season two, like, I still don't know. Is that really true? Because oh, I, yeah. I binge, I binge watched that in Nashville with Leith and nice. we had Hattie B's chicken and we watched all of the episodes in, in 13 hours or whatever. So do I love Hattie B's. And, and, and then I'm, and then I was told that I was told by a guy in Minneapolis in Minnesota that, uh, there's no way this is real. This is fake. This documentary team is totally is not this. This can't be right. The, the way this is going down, it's got to be something that was propaganda that was produced in propaganda to make law enforcement in America look bad and that the people that produced it wanted to shine or give law enforcement a black eye. So I, I didn't get ignorant and say you're nuts because I started to think about law enforcement really looks bad in that entire documentary yeah, from the sheriff to the, to the planting of it, to the DA, it looks really bad. So yeah. I don't know. I just can't, I don't know if we can trust these things. And my theory on Joe exotic is all of this stuff is literally happening in our backyard of America. We have the most div diverse and intact media to where we get sick of, you could follow a celebrity on yeah. TMZ if you want. It's like disgusting with paparazzi and stuff. I never heard of this dude. So I don't know, like, it, did all of this stuff really go down? Did he really want to kill this lady that probably killed her husband and fed him to a, to a, do you, a do, tiger? You think he killed, do you think Carol killed her husband? hundred percent. I would bet money. <laughs> You don't? I don't know. Really? I think it's almost too easy. 
I don't know. It wouldn't shock me. I would say more yes to no, but I have a theory that she hired Jeff to pretend that Joe was going to kill her. I think she did. Oh, the dude from Vegas. Mm Mm-hmm. The dude, the dude that so that was supposed to have all this money and business yeah. sense that was going to come save the zoo. He, I think Carol hired him to. Hang on, hang on. Let me say it the right way. I think Carol hired Jeff to pretend that he found out Joe was planning to kill Carol, but he never was, so he went to jail. I don't think he was ever planning on killing her. So how does Carol? What I'm saying. How does How does Carol meet that guy? I don't know. There were, there were some theories. I saw a theory somewhere that was like that she knew him beforehand or met him beforehand, or I can't remember exactly what I read. So I'm not going to say, I have no idea what I read, but wow. I'd never thought of that. That I've only, I didn't pay attention to it because I was literally like, I wasn't blown away by it. I was more disgusted by it. Yeah, 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 They did. There was a lot of things in there that made me even go, wow, dude, you're like, you're, you're crazy. It cracks me up in the beginning of the show, how they like try to make her look like she's the saint. I'm like, she's also caging tigers. Yeah. She's really not doing anything that different. Yeah, nothing. I, I don't know that, that I was, it, it, it was one of those things where it, my brother said, you'll be able to watch the first three episodes and then you're probably going to do what I did. Track. I will yeah, say they did. that's they where did. I got a little frustrated. I'm like, okay, let's stick to the story as to why he's in jail. And I think, I just feel like they went a little bit off track with it. Yeah, and I was like, "Wait, can we can we go back to the fact that he's in jail for trying to kill her?" Yeah, because we didn't talk about that for the last three episodes. So. No, they. I mean, they had the big dude, the big, the bigger, the bigger. I don't know what you call bigger guys in America anymore. I don't know what's politically correct. Just the bigger man on the jet ski, like Don Johnson, Miami Vice, and it across the ocean. I'm like, what in the yeah. freak does this have to do with Joe Exotic? It's so, so weird. Yeah, it was a weird deal. And then, okay, so then you said the pharmacist. I put it on, okay? And I, I'm a hook guy. Like, if a song is going to get me, it's got, that's why they call it a hook, right? That's what they call it in us. That, the first part of that started off so weird to me. Can you get, when you get past the first episode, does it get better? Because I did not, I did not appreciate the first episode and especially like the opening interviews. Does yeah. it really get, does it get in depth and get interesting? It gets mind blowing. Really? And it's just kind of sobering, to be honest. You know, they, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's listening, but it basically goes way, way, way past um, his son's murder. And essentially, like, his son's murder is what propels him to do what he does. Um, and it's re- it's really crazy. It so I would say, like, if you have any, you know, desire in any heart, you know, to help fight the opioid crisis and um i know there are so many people that have lost loved ones from that i just think it's just heartbreaking um watch it because it it's it's just really crazy this guy really did use what you know could have been and was one of the worst things that's ever happened to him in his life for good so it's 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 really cool it's interesting how many episodes is it I think it's like eight, six, eight, six, seven, did, did eight. Did you did you binge watch it? Yep, sure did. One day. Yep. No way. Mm-hmm. God, you are getting lazy. I thought you were doing workout know, videos and jazzercise. Right. Um, the other one that I watched on there in the last 
I, I my binge watching is like my mind doesn't allow me to go over the the making a murder like it had me because yeah. I was getting really really frustrated watching it like I was like dude these guys are literally destroying this man's life I couldn't understand it but any I I, I binge watched that and plus it was a rainy day in Nashville and I was yeah. supposed to I was supposed I don't to get on binge a, very often but I also I'm one of those people where, where I savor things so like I do the same thing with food I do this, clothes like all like all this kind of stuff so I'm not a very good binger because I don't want to finish. Wow. That's exactly how I am. Like I, I will like, if I, if I'm like, I don't want if, to be over. <laughs> I don't know if it's a type A personality to where you like, it's not really binging, but it's more like you, you do savor it more. You're like, man, look yeah. at what I got. Look what I accumulated. I'm not going to just throw this away for the hell. And I, that's how I am is like, when, when you start to watch this stuff, like like two of the ones I watch and people on my podcast are going to get tired of me bringing this one up is the chef show with John Favreau. Okay. I literally got addicted to it. Like I watched the movie and then I heard about the, 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 the half hour TV deal on Netflix and it blew my mind. Like it was just two chefs. It's just this Korean chef Choi and this, this, this actor director Favreau and his passion for food and that movie. Cause I watched that movie and I was infatuated yeah. by it. Um, and it just, and it, the passion just it came out and I watched every freaking episode. And my point in that is when it got over, I could, I was so pissed. I was like, I was savoring every episode. I was looking forward to it every night. Yeah. So that's my whole deal in binging is just like you. And my other one, my other one was this hip hop evolution because I love rap music. I love <laughs> hip hop. And when yeah. I started learning about New York and Atlanta and Miami yeah. and, and LA um, and Houston, they did the ghetto boys in Houston, Texas. And they did Luke Skywalker and the two life crew. And I was just like, dude, this is my childhood. And then I started to look at it. Like you mentioned the, the Oscars and the behind the scenes. I started to think of this director and this, this, this documentaryist, what documentaryist? What, what do you call a guy that makes documentaries? Documentalist? I have no Document, idea. Documentary filmmaker. Yeah, um, um, I started thinking about how much time went into this and the logistics and the travel and the research and the interviews. It's crazy. And, it's and literally set, mind blowing. Yeah, and the setup of the lights and the and the cameras. And I'm like, dude, Gosh. this guy, this guy's work ethic is unreal to get all of this information and yeah. If you think about too, like, okay, fun fact, I really, really love planet earth, like a lot. So if I'm like, have had like a really busy day or I've just been like mentally going all day, yada, yada, I'll watch planet earth because it literally just, it brings me back down. It's just so relaxing, but Netflix just came out with one and it's a behind the scenes of planet earth. And I've always wondered like, how in the world did they get this on film? No pun intended. No pun intended. It's mind blowing, but it's on Netflix. It's, it's called like behind, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's behind the scenes of how they film planet earth. And you're into that one. Yeah. It's cool. But I just watch it sparingly. Like I I don't watch it like in order. It's just kind of like a calming thing. (laughs) So it's kind of like listen to ocean music at night, going to sleep. Mm -hmm. And you're not drinking yourself to sleep right now. You're staying sane because a lot of people. And the reason I ask that is that a lot of people I've talked to in this quarantine are are starting to drink at like noon, no matter where they're at. And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, it feels like vacation every day. Like, Like vacation isn't fun if it lasts forever. No, but what I'm saying is fun because it's short. So like you got to get to the end of the seven days and be like, yeah, but people are waking up and they're like, there's no, there's no end in sight. 
There's yeah. no one inside. People are like, I can't homeschool like this. I wasn't cut out to be a teacher. And they've been forced into homeschooling. So now they're not only mother and daddying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, could you imagine Tom like having to sit down with you four hours a day and make sure your vocabulary words were right? Well, my, I literally was talking to my mom about it and she was like, there's no way I could have done that. I'm like, no, there's no way. No way. So no, I have my, mad respect for these parents. And then you have the fact that these kids are... In, they're so social, right? My nine-year-old daughter, she wants to be with her freaking friends. Like she wants to be on the playground or she wants to have socializing going on. There's nothing. So now you got to start feeling sorry that yeah. they don't they don't deserve that, right? They had no idea. As adults, we can adapt and be okay. But they're like, whoa, all my friends are gone. All my all this is gone. I don't have anything. Like they, they literally put out reports. 100% do not consider a play date. And my daughter's like, daddy, I just want to go over there. I'll wear my mask. I want to go on a four-wheeler ride with Kennedy. And I'm just like, oh my God, these friendships mean so much to them at this young age and they're gone and they have no control over it. And then we got to be the ones that tell them we can't go do that. We can't, we're not yeah. going to take a chance. Yeah. It's crazy what's going on. So I don't know. Like I, I can't imagine my mom and dad like having to sit down with me. And I was a freaking ADD renegade, man. Like four oh, hours a day with me, it would have warm. They would have, they would have had me adopted. I mean, any kid, like all kids have energy. Yeah. And, you know, you gotta, I mean, I can't imagine how these parents are coming up with new things for these kids to do every day. Like They're I'm not, not kidding. I have so, I have a deeper respect for parents and I'm also like, thank you, God. I am not currently a mother during this season. I also love my alone time. So I'm going to have to have a heart change before I ever have kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, well, let's talk about your love life because this is something that's not known either. Like it's a, it's a, a like the, a world phenomenon secret of, do you have a boyfriend? No. Have you ever had one since you moved to Nashville? Oh my gosh. See, this is where I'm going. How do you get all of this? I'm going somewhere with this, Charlotte. So don't be leaning back in your chair and going, oh my gosh. Dar, 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 dar. You write the best love songs and breakup songs and miss you songs. And what's the song called about? God dang it. I listened to it a million times. I'm not good with titles. Um, you did a whole new twist on the bar and the drinking and the missing. Oh, come on, whiskey. Oh my gosh. Not like. One. Come on, you're doing that one today, I hope. But that, like that, that whole twist, like you're freaking, how old are you, 23? Almost, yeah. You're 22 years old. There's no effing way, effing, E-F-F-I-N. That's a word that I use. It's not the F word slang deal. Nope. There's no effing way that you have that much experience in love and life and boozing and bars and bar scene. There is no <laughs> way, there is no way that your mom and dad, and I know them both and I love them both dearly. There is no way that you can write those songs with the experiences that you've had in the, this from let's say 17 to 22. There's no way. Those are songs that are written by maybe a 30, a 30 year old, 35 year old that has had some experiences that can absolutely, those songs like make you go, are you kidding me? Like that girl had her heart broke. She's like hanging on to that. The whiskey's doing this, give in to me. The, the words in give in to me, like there's, so I'm not sitting here trying to get into your business. I'm simply saying that I've never seen you with a boy. I've never seen you with a boyfriend. I know you're driven and I know it's going to take a special man to tie you down, but where in the heck does that inspiration and influence come to put the pen to paper? Yeah. Or, do, I mean, or I you have a ghostwriter and you're going to let it out on this podcast today that you haven't really been writing. Plot song. twist. I have never written a song <laughs> ever. No, See, I'm this kidding. is a docu-series. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. Um, so, 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm a very private person. I love to keep my personal life private, especially it's, it's a whole nother ball game when you're, you know, I was just thinking about this earlier when we were talking about songwriting and you were saying like, you know, not everybody can be a songwriter. And it's like, people don't realize how much inner work we have to go through. Like it is the most vulnerable thing you could ever do to write about something that you've been through. And especially when it's not a popular opinion. Um, and when it's not fun. Um, and, but then again, you know, then there's the other side of songwriting where it's like, okay, I went through this and thinking about, you know, my experience through this situation and spiraling it into something that every single person can relate to. Maybe I haven't been through it in the way that the song actually portrays, but I went through something similar and it turned into that story. If that makes sense. Well, it does in a way to the, to where my, where my disconnect comes with somebody like you, when you talk the way that you just talked or the way that you write is (laughs) you're still not even mature enough. And I'm not saying you're immature. I'm just saying that the way that these songs come out there, there has to be a different level of experience to get to where you get with them is where I was going with my prior statement that I look at you and I hang out with you and I'm like, that girl's barely out of high school. How in the freak, if she did get her heart broken this way or go through this time to where she would call the bar or the, you know, ask the whiskey to do this. Yeah. Like there is, there is maybe, maybe one one percent of one percent, whatever that is mathematically, and I suck at math, self-admittingly, but I can figure out some stuff if you give me a pencil and a calculator <laughs> and a calculator. I agree but with that. May, <laughs> maybe one percent of one percent of girls or guys in that age group, me, 21 years old, get dumped in college, playing baseball, going to a party here and there, maybe a concert, love baseball. My whole life is lifting weights and yeah. baseball. And trying to get good grades, you know, and staying eligible. I wasn't dumb by any means, but there's no, there's 1% of 1% of the population of females or males that age that can take, if you really did go through one of these experiences, if you're being hundred percent transparent in your music, which I believe that you are, there's just that you 99.9% of the population in that age group does not stop and think about it at that level. And I know that you, you, you preceded this by saying that you really have to be vulnerable and open up. But the point is, is that no, nobody that age really opens up. Now I know that like people. Yeah. And it's not easy to, I mean, that's like, you know, one of the hardest things too. But it's not about just opening up Charlotte. It's about being able to write that in the way that you do. It's just putting a pen. It's putting the perfect words to what you're feeling. And magic words like Brent Cobb calls them magic so much through the last three years I've lived here, which cannot believe it's been three years. That blows my mind. Um, I remember the day you moved there. Well, and, you know, somehow I am grouped in that 1% because majority of my songs went through them firsthand. Um, but I also, my life was, it was nothing that I thought it would be. It's still not. I never would have imagined that I would feel like I was supposed to leave everything I'd ever known for something unknown at the age of 18. So I did, you know, I had to grow up so fast when I moved here. Um, And granted, you know, we were talking about earlier, like everything happens for a reason and I'm in a purpose. And I know that, 
somehow God has gifted me every single experience I've gotten to write about that has been mine in order for me to share that. And I know that that's like part of my calling is to share, you know, the things that I have gone through because I do know that people relate to them and like they can relate to them and, um, and that they will one day, but then it's also fun to write stuff that I have zero ties to, because at that point it's just like, this is fun to be able to like paint a picture and I see it all in my head and I just put it out on paper. So now you just went around, like you just said, I've been through every single experience that I write about. And then you I end the say same. That. I didn't well, say I've been through every single, <laughs> but I have been through more than not. I will say that. There's no way that you've been through an experience that made you write, come on whiskey because 100%. No, no way. There's no way. I'm oh calling bullshit. Gosh. There's no I way. There are people that are, well, you have to be 21 to drink. So not in uh, Arkansas. You have to be but I've been 21 for over two years, almost two years. So Tom, if yeah, you're listening, oh yeah. she never there drank. There's definitely been 21. times where it's like, golly, I hope that person has one extra drink and actually deals with their feelings for me and calls me. No, nobody ever thinks of it like that. They always think of it the exact opposite of I'm going to drunk dial somebody. They never go, they never go, I'm going to go sit at my bar or sit across on this stool at this bar and watch this bartender and right behind him, I'm going to have a conversation with that bottle of whiskey, or I'm going to do it over the phone and talk to the bottle of whiskey. That's why it was really fun to write. I wrote that one with Barrett Baber and he, um, Well, then Barrett must be 35 or 40 years old. He is. (laughs) But Barrett had the great, you know, we both related on the idea of like, there are so many times where it's like, man, you want the whiskey to do the work, right? Do you remember when I called you where I was, when I called you and your dad? Do you guys remember where I was? I don't know if you remember this. I was crossing, I was crossing the, um, I want to make sure I'm right. I was crossing the Bay Bridge, not the Golden Gate Bridge. I was driving across the Bay Bridge and I took that video of us going into San Francisco. Yeah. And we were going there for, I believe Guns N' Roses was playing that night. And I was, we were going to see GNR and I was, and I recorded that video for you and your mom and dad. And I'm like, everybody in our car and the three cars behind us are playing this song and, and give in to me. And Every, it, it, I don't know if you remember me telling you about the girl, Erica, uh, um, I want to make sure that Ellenberger, Erica Ellenberger, her husband's Jared, they were there with us and they're like, who in the freak is this girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they just, they just, they caught on to it. And I'm like, I'm, and I don't know, I have this conversation so much, like to, to not hear those songs be like legit, legit hitch right now. It's so weird to me, but yeah. I, I don't want to get into the music business with you because yeah. I know that you're working your tail off and I know that things are going to break. I just know that you're just too talented not to. It's just a timing deal. It's you got to pay your dues and you're doing it the right way. So I do. Maybe I do want to have a podcast in a couple of weeks with you about where you're at with that kind of kind of see because I'm kind of dipping my toes into that music business part of things to see yeah. if there is some validity to my thought process in it, and right. maybe you can help me through some things. But back to this conversation with the whiskey. <laughs> that is a very clever way, which is so cool about songwriting. When you hear the lyrics yeah. and you break them down, yeah. you're like you. You just you. I'm going to argue that until when I see you, I might shake you a little bit because I know that you're not telling me the truth. You haven't been through enough to write a song like that because you're so, but maybe you are so secretive that you don't let, maybe, maybe you went on a date last night, uh, a, a zoom video date and you were like, <laughs> and, and you should write a song about that dating date. over zoom, oh, Tinder and zoom. 
Tinder's got to be hurting through this, huh? Surely. There's no we way people are meeting up, up right? Well, if you're, I mean, Tinder probably has a little special, special discount or something. Okay, I want to hear, I want to hear, come on, whiskey, can we? Yeah, we did can. you prepare that one today? Because I know that I told you one other one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can play it. I actually played it last night on my uh, live that I did, but I have it written down because last night was the first time I played it. We wrote that song like a year and a half ago. Are you on a piano or a guitar today? Piano. Piano. This is called Come On Whiskey by Charlotte Lee. I knew it would hurt when we both said the words, this ain't working. Most days I'll be fine, but tonight this girl needs holding. And I heard that he's out with his friends on the town again. So if he's come on this day, I've done all that I can. just got some freaking style like i don't even know if it's like uh, that's such a good song i don't know if it's aretha franklin meets like janice joplin because you got a little bit of aretha (laughs) well dude your voice your voice is so soulful i don't it's like we just talked about eating a cheese board and pizza and then you do that like that is so freaking unbelievable (laughs) thanks yeah, that wow. one's in the hands of Sony currently, so I won't be doing anything with that until they figure out what they want to do with it. <laughs> well, they need to sign you. So, need somebody big to is, sing that one. Is there conversation? Is there conversation going on about you going to Sony? Mm-mm, no. Why? I mean, that conversation hasn't presented itself. Why in the freak can't you be the one to sing that? You deliver it unbelievable. Like I could see Marin doing it. I could see uh, maybe. 
maybe Nora Jones doing it. Like yeah. that song is big and That's you have great. the voice to do it. Yeah, it's great. I love Dude, it. Dude, good job. It's going to go big, but I want you to sing it. <laughs> I will at some point. That's freaking awesome. I yeah. still don't think you wrote it, but it's a freaking awesome song. I co-wrote it. So. You, you, I can't believe that you can write a song like that. That's just a, God, it's a cool, cool vibe and such a cool talent. Like it's so cool to get people to live in that for three or four minutes that, yeah. you, that you were so vulnerable to put out on. That's, a, that's why songwriting is so key. And people discover yeah. songwriting way too late in their musical, like their musical maturity level. Like I went through music of just like, you, you listen to the song and you get fired up. And then all of a sudden yeah. you, you learn how important songwriting is. The yeah. songwriter is everything, man. And now yeah. you're performing them and mm-hmm. and writing them. Yeah. I love how you quit playing the piano and you looked at me and goes, that's such a good song. It is. <laughs> it I really, love that, I love that a, song. What about, uh, what about Given to Me? Is that a good song? I love that song. That song has been my lifeline for almost two years. Would so, you think, would you, would you agree that that was the one that I fell in love with? Like when I heard that, when I heard give in to me, yeah. I called your dad and I went, what in the freak just happened, Tom? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the yeah. song. I mean, is that what you mean by it being your lifeline? Like that's the one that did it for you? Well, you know, I had spent my entire life doing country music and I, you know, grew up on country. Country is my backbone, part of like who I am as a person. And, um, I kind of just got to this point where I realized, Hey, I've been doing country for a long time and I love it, but there's something inside of me. I don't know, call it songwriter's intuition, call it God, you know, whatever you want. For me, I think it's definitely both. (laughs) Um, Where I was like, I've got all this soul in my voice and I've got to do something with it. So kind of pressed pause on country and tried to figure out, you know, my sound and my voice um, and really kind of jumped into the soulful lane. And that was kind of my first experience with it. And I threw it out into the world and here we are, X amount of, months later years later and it's got like one and a half million streams and it's just it's been great it's just it's paid its dues. it's been awesome yeah and is there anything going on that you want to tell me about or do we is there anything like i can look forward to that is there any news getting ready to break with that many streams and that beautiful of a voice and that songwriting skill is there anything that you can tell me is there any light that you can shed right now on anything like has anything changed has anything changed? I know you're secretive and I know you're private, but is something getting ready to pop off? I don't know. I see this kind of this shine on your face right now of like, is there something you want to tell me or am I reading you wrong? Um, I mean, I can tell you that I'm putting out another single. Actually, I'm putting out another, my next single comes out next Friday, the 24th, April 24th. Um, but I'm doing what month are we on? We're doing eight more after that. So doing a song a month this year. Come on, this will be song number four. And then you get a song every single month until December. And any ideas of a record deal at all right now? Mm-mm. Nothing? No. You're telling the truth? Oh, yeah. Why do I sense that you're hiding something from me? I'm not. I'm, I'm really not. I'm not good at I can't lie. Put, so. put your all your fingers and toes in the screen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so... But, well no. then let's let's do give in to me and then maybe I won't I won't launch this until maybe I'll launch this on the 24th to announce the new single. Yeah, that'd be would great. That be a, would that be a good idea? Yeah, should I do the new single? 
Well, I want you to, but I'll, will you do, do you want to do give in to me before yeah, or yeah, after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before yeah. or after? Huh? Do you want to do give in to me before or after the new single? Let's okay. end this, let's end this with the new single and then we'll drop it on the day the single drops. Wait. I'm going to, I'm going to drop this on the same day as Drake because Drake's got a new song coming out the same day. So I'll tie you both in of like, here's my favorite, here's my favorite in Nashville today. Perfect. If you, if, if, if the song hits me and I believe that you wrote it. <laughs> this one that actually that one was fun because that one at the time I had zero ties to it and it came out of nowhere so this this song did or whiskey this is uh do what which song came out of nowhere the new one coming out next week okay but this is given to me and who and who wrote give in to me with you um a guy named Isaiah Zach Isaiah Zach all right
to say i don't even get i don't even get it wow what a song huh yeah that one's a good one look at it touches you still like man you get like real emotional about your own music i can see why that one's my baby i was like that's my first child let's be real (laughs) man no i think it's mine too with you i think that was the one that was like I don't know. I just, it hit me when I heard that song and I always thought you were amazing with your, with your, your talent, but that one really brought your talent forefront to me. Truly it did. It was like, yeah. this girl can sing her ass off it's a good one. and Thanks. write her ass off. Like legit, like you're a freaking star. Like your star is born. I really think that I still think that like, it's going to like, it just can't, it, it can't not yeah. happen. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if that's your goal. I don't know what your goal is. I think that you're a songwriter and your 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 destiny is going to be what your destiny is. But yeah, you know, sure. I'd like to go watch you play that live and jam it out. And oh yeah, 15. I love the music too much to not ever play live again. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully this pandemic's over and you're allowed to. I know. It'll happen. Yeah, for sure. It'll happen. All right. Next Friday or next, next Thursday? Friday. What day? A week from uh, next Friday. Well, yeah, April 24th. Yeah. All right. This has been an episode of this podcast we call This Life Ain't For Everybody, where where Charlotte is coming from. She is sitting in the town of Nashville, Tennessee, and that is where I was 10 years ago when we first trademarked the name This Life Ain't For Everybody. I was in Loser's Bar in Midtown Nashville, and this sign is behind the, the little... Um, I guess you'd call it like a mini pit where the band will get in there and they, they're like behind a little tiny three foot wall and it separates them from this little dance floor in this little bar called losers that the ceilings are barely above a, 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 an average guy's height. And it's just a ton of energy. I've seen a ton of celebrities and stars in there and I saw this sign that said this life ain't for everybody. And it just took me, you know, that, that the meaning of that in Nashville is obviously this life that Charlotte and these other musicians, it's not for everybody because that town can chew you up and spit you out late nights, partying the honky tonks. Will you make it? Will you not? Are you going to be on Broadway your whole career? Are you going to break and get a record deal? Are you going to write a hit? That's going to be a number one on somebody else's record. Are you going to get a big publishing deal? There's so much that goes into the music business in music city, USA. And it is, 
the formation and the history and the original place where we got the name for this podcast and more this life ain't for everybody's going to be in a lot more of what we do so i just have always had mad respect for talents of charlotte's caliber and she's only 22 freaking years old that is amazing to me that you can write these songs so good on you girl this has been another episode of this life ain't for everybody podcast This episode, again, was brought to you by our friends in Lynchburg, Tennessee, not far from Music City, USA, Nashville, Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. Make sure that you don't let anybody drink underage and never, ever get behind the wheel after you've had a cocktail or two. Jack Daniels, thank you for believing in what we do. Thank you for being a part of our families here at The Foul Life, and this life ain't for everybody. More news to come, more to come from this beautiful woman we call Charlotte Lee. Any closing words, Miss Charlotte? Thanks for having me. Thanks oh my gosh, this was so much fun. Well, we got to do it again. I just like rapping with you. Yeah. Over, maybe we'll write a song together over this someday and you can teach me. Maybe we should do, maybe let's do a podcast on the science of songwriting someday. Maybe if we there, should write a song on a podcast. I'll do it with you. I just wrote a song. I really did. I really just wrote a song and I just sent it to my buddy in Georgia and he said he's going to put a little chord progression to it and maybe I'll write one and send it to you and then you can take those words and then you can put your own flair in it and then we'll, 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 we'll finish it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about this. We're going out. This episode again was brought to you by our friends at Jack Daniels, Lynchburg, Tennessee. Please continue to support the partners and sponsors that support our properties and brands here. Charlotte Lee, you can find her on Spotify. You can find her on Instagram at Charlotte Lee music. Is that correct? I Charlotte Lee. I Charlotte Lee. That's right. I Charlotte Lee uh, at I, the letter I, and mm-hmm. then Charlotte and then Lee L E I G H. Yes. She's from Arkansas the home of our best duck hunting in the world. Her dad's a dear friend of mine. Her mom is an unbelievable lady and they have an awesome son and they have this pride and joy called Charlotte Lee. Take it away. This single is dropping next Friday today. When you hear this podcast, April 24th, 2020, Charlotte Lee's new singles entitled coffee black coffee black by Charlotte Lee. Thank you all very much for listening to the podcast. We will leave you with this badass song right here. Coffee black by Miss Charlotte Lee. Baby, I saw you out with somebody new. Ever since then, I remember when it was me and you. She doesn't know you, not like I do. It's easy to see that you're charming, Cloud. The smack on your face, Cloud, you're never on top. Fall fast, you kiss though, you turn up, but she you take your coffee black Starting the mix now Fell
Oh, but...